This episode of Pot of the Jam is rated S for spoilers. You've been warned. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Am I acting as if there's something wrong? She's not missing so much as she's run away. Put me down! What are you running away from? Do you think I should take her to a psychiatrist? The problem with your daughter is not her bed. It's her brain. Happy hey, I, I think we've got a guest. You're going to die up there. Welcome to Pod of the Damned. We are really in the home stretch now. We are almost done. We can't believe that it's almost the end of the month. And we have a very, very exciting episode for you all today. Um, we're, we're really getting into the cream of the crop of horror movies. So before we dive into it, hi, I'm Em. I'm Jean. I'm Shori. And your mother knits socks in hell. <laughs> <laughs> so That's the, the cleaned up version of what she actually That said. was very cleaned up, yeah. That, that was, was very, very, very cleaned up. I mean, it, it kind of has to be cleaned up for that movie, doesn't it? Ooh, um, right. So some of you uh, listening may have been wondering at different points when certain movies were going to get touched on because I think there are certain movies that that clearly fit into certain genres and are, are absolutely perfect for that genre and we didn't cover them. And you might have been yeah. thinking, how the hell did you not bloody well talk about that film? And it is because... In today's episode, we are talking about classics. Yeah, we are. Classics. So exciting. So some of those films that you've probably been waiting for, you're going to hear them now. You're going to hear us talk about them. You're not going to hear the films. You're going to We're going to do a live audio play. Yeah, we're just going to play the films. That's it. Yes. Well, do you know what? Some of the films that we're talking about have amazing scores and soundtracks. Oh, yes. You could just play the film and it would be lovely to listen to. I'll do one of our films. Ready? Here is the live audio of it. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know that's not audio. One. I know which one you're doing. I understand what you're saying now. This is this is really. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I only just got what you did. Yeah, you oh just my got the god! <laughs> you know what? We have been really enjoying everyone. Oh god! I'm like, which film is silent? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say we've oh, been really god. enjoying everyone responding to our social media and listening to the podcast. And and M is a hundred percent right. Like. It's so interesting to have people go, but what about this film? Why don't you remember this film? And that's what makes, as we're rounding this up, even better. As we talked about during the episodes, it was so hard for us to come up with what. But when it came to the classics theme... It wasn't yeah. that it wasn't that difficult at all, really. Like we No. We knew what we wanted from the start, I think. Yeah. Well, I think we there were... are just some things that fit in that lens. I think that's it, that's it. There are some that just like there's just no question. We all just kind of went, all right, the 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 and like yep. unlike other episodes where usually we each pick one film, we haven't really done that this time. We don't have a film each because all three of us just sat down and agreed on all six. Like mm-hmm. we didn't really we just yeah. kind of went here's what they should be. So exactly, for our two-parter, yeah. We don't really have a Dean's pick, an M's pick, and a Shory's pick this time. We've just got the classics. This is what it is. This is what it is. There and we it's, go. It's going to be so fun. Okay. Well, should we dive I'm into excited. Let's one. dive in. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, well, uh, all righty. Well, the first classic we are looking at is uh, some say the scariest film of all time, The Exorcist. And what a classic. What I classic mean, film. It is fantastic. It's so, it, I feel almost bad because watching it at a different time in a different space changes the whole lens to it. And because of this whole, you know, history of the exorcist and stuff like that. And I, I mean, because when you go back to it, this is the movie where people were throwing up in the aisles and mm-hmm. and walking out. And, and I didn't quite, maybe it's just because I've had a very busy week, but I didn't <laughs> quite get that. I got intensity at a certain point, but it took a while yeah. for me yeah. with it. Yeah. I think, honestly, I, and I, I had this sort of, um, geez, the, the birds have got something to say about um about We should have done the birds. Well. Yeah. Um, oh. Do you want me to do the IMDb real quick before we get Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, I yes. forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, The Exorcist, for those who haven't seen it, when a 12-year-old girl is possessed by a mysterious entity, her mother seeks the help of two priests to save her. Yeah. 
Cool. You need cool. an old priest and a young priest. Yeah. So look, my and I had this this thought watching actually a lot of the um, the classics uh, for, for this episode. Um, I think something that you have to keep in mind when you go back to some of the classics is that they were absolutely um, groundbreaking and confronting for the time. You watch mm-hmm. them again today and you watch them through the lens of, you know, 21st century horror. Things have, gosh, things have changed so much. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and a lot of, like, for the classics, a lot of what made them um, so, so terrifying is that they they pushed um, they push the envelope. They they really push boundaries in terms of either what they were showing on the screen or the subject matter mm-hmm. or the use of makeup yeah. and visual effects or whatever it might be. And looking at it today, you're like, oh, that doesn't seem all that. But, you know, you've got to remember, like, people had never seen anything like this. Exactly. And, and I mean, yeah. even the scenes with the cold on the breath, and I, I don't know if this is true, but Chris, my housemate, was watching it with me, and he was like, they made that room freezing. Like mm. the thing about yep. this film, you know, they they made sure what they had to throw up with had the smell of puke with it. So oh. that it actually created, they got some actual responses to add yeah. on top of everything. Like it really is brilliant and amazing. Yeah. I think the yeah. hardest thing I had with this film was the, and I've watched it before, but the hardest mm. thing for me was the beginning. I, right. I, I was actually going to ask, I'm so beyond confused about the first 20 to 25 minutes of this film. And once okay. it starts, it starts. But I was so like, what? We were, we, what? So yeah. what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean when you say you were confused? Like I, you just felt like I it was have, slow? Like it just took a while I was to like, be like, what is the point? Where are we going A demon be let out in somewhere and then travel through yeah. people to the girl? Is that what it was? Oh, that did okay, not come okay. to me. That did not come clear to me in any way, shape or form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I have to admit this is one of those films where it feels like we don't really get to, we don't really get to what, what the film really is and what it's really about until about 20 or so minutes in. Yeah, yeah. and that um, was yeah, yeah. throwing me. Yeah, they probably spend a little bit, a little bit too long on establishing that um that that backstory of of how the demon was released and how it found its way to Reagan. Um mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I would agree with so that. So can I ask I mean, how did they? Because just explain it to me. Like I, I'm not kidding when I say I didn't get it. I don't I'm <laughs> I'm not hundred percent sure. Anyone sure, got he a might, clue? sure he might be able to but it just depends. Like there are different cuts of it too that cut certain stuff out. I'm trying right. to find like it's to me, it was just one of the things I did, by the way, with these classics, watching them via streaming, except for one of them that was on YouTube, is I watched like the re-digitized versions, which ah, can I say for the cool. Exorcist, so cool. It just makes all those extra little things that they did live, mm. it gives them an extra little oomph. Yep, yep, yep. I'm just trying to yeah. find like it, I think it's just more that it's yeah, it's pretty much that they because it's starts with the excavation with the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I think it's just they let something out and it finds its way to a more vulnerable person of society, which is mm. a young 12-year-old girl who's mucked around with a Ouija board as well, and yeah, yeah, off they go. So a little, little backstory: The Ouija board that they use in this movie, I bought for my wife for Christmas one year, a, a replica, like one of the old original versions of it, mm. as a bit of a laugh, and it has never left one of our cupboards. <laughs> Good! Because <laughs> your yeah. wife ain't no fool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would not be. I would not be messing with that. No, no way. way. Um, no I was going to say though, like when we're talking about when this came out, you're you're, you're dealing with like it's 1973, so you're dealing yeah. with a society that still is heavily religious in yeah. a lot of the parts of the world. We haven't had that, you know, the organized religion is a is a lie sort of stuff that's come through yeah. in the, say the last 20 years. So it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that this caused a lot of uproar and it caused a lot of problems mm. with people going to see it. Like you think, you know, imagine being a, a very staunch Catholic person and you think the exorcist, we're going to go see this, this uh, priest triumph over Satan. It's going to be great. Mm. And you get there and this is what you get. Yeah. This would yeah. scare you to your That's core. True. That's and true. Yeah. Especially I mean, with the ending just, as well. Like it's, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, even just the crucifix stabbing bit. I was about to Which, say, like, you, you just... I, I've watched this movie three times and I, I can honestly say this is the first time I've retained it because we had to talk about it. Mm. I forget, uh, I put that part out of my mind every time because it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, my oh my. Oh, Lord. wow. Yeah. yeah. No, it's... um. It, well, I was going to say, this is the other thing. Like, yes, it, it is something that for its time we hadn't seen this kind of... Um, I guess more critical lens put on on organized religion, um, but we also 
this confronting imagery of a young girl who is yeah. a symbol of innocence, um, like yes, the, the the crucifix masturbation scene and oh. the the, so the many, yeah. what she what she says, even just the things she says are so. And I have to admit, like even even watching this film today, it is still. It's still confronting. I, yeah, I still oh, yeah. find it very confronting to see this young girl saying these things, and you know, you know, the like we say, the crucifix scene, and even like grabbing her mother's head and pushing yeah. it down there. I'm just oh. like, oh god! Like it is. It takes this idea of. Um, I feel like what this film does is it. it they really thought about what would pure evil really look like. Mm-hmm. Pure, pure evil, and I think it is that um, corruption of innocence. That that yeah. is what pure evil it is. It is the corruption of innocence, and you cannot. I can barely think of anything more corrupt than a young girl being put into that kind of situation, saying and doing those things. Yeah, it is. It is just. It's confronting on a level that. Uh, you know what? Look, to be honest, I don't know if I have seen anything like since The Exorcist no. is confronting on that level, on, mm-hmm. on that kind of, I'm not saying. It, it, it hits I'm not saying I've never in a really good way, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah. I haven't seen anything as scary or that I haven't seen anything as as um, gory or, but mm. confronting in that way, this is still yeah. extremely it, unique. It's not exploitive either. Like it's no. not, no, you no, know, no. she's not playing it like, ooh, look at, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's more, it's just confronting, like you said, and it's yeah. not yeah. a, you know, she's not ripping her clothes off and dancing around the room or no. whatever. It's more like it's it's played very well in that it's it's confronting, but it's subtle as well. Like it's not yeah. shown explicitly. There's no what tits she's and doing. ass in this in this no, movie. None this of is, them. No, this is not a tits and ass horror movie. No, no, but it's not like it's it's confronting, but it's not explicit. Yeah. It's not showing everything that's going on. It's you know, yeah. And as a good horror will do, it lets your brain fill in gaps as well, and that really yeah. it makes it scarier. I think you hit the nail on the head, Shory. Like totally. this, is, this film is not; it is somehow um, confronting without being gratuitous. So any mm. any anything that we see, we really need to see to progress the plot or to mm. help us feel afraid or to help build a sense of dread. Like nothing is there just for the sake of exploitation. It's really like it, it all it all works. And I so <laughs> I, I think the one thing that drove me a little bit crazy is the mum. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just some of the choices she makes mm. drive me a little bit nuts. But okay. that's all. That's all. It's just yeah. it's just something that I'm like, why you're frustrating me? Go back to this. But you're right. Like mm. the the plot holes that they don't leave to get you through. It is really. Mm. It's just a strong film, and mm-hmm. yeah, I love as well that our heroes aren't heroes either, and everyone's no, flawed, yeah. and yeah. the sacrifices we all make. To to mm. like the sacrifices the priests make to do this, it's really wonderful. I mean, yeah. there are there's there really is no hero in this no. film, is there? If there no. if anyone, there's no it happy be, ending either. Really, be, no. like it's yeah, yeah. The only possible hero could be Reagan at the end for having got out of it, but I don't even know if that works. It's just. Can I tell you the one thing that killed me at the end? Yeah. The one thing that killed me at the end, end though, was when Reagan sees the necktie and sees a priest and then Mm. hugs and kisses that priest. And that's the moment of like, oh, my God, she remembers. Oh, my God. She doesn't say anything, but she remembers it all. I wanted that priest to play that moment a little bit more because Mm. that that's a little, it's just like, oh, She's such a, she's keeping it in because she knows how awful experience it was for everyone. She remembers it. It mm. just breaks my heart. I agree. Bit. And I actually think, well, the way I read that scene is um, you as a as a viewer, you're left to question how much does she remember? Does mm-hmm. she, is, was, was seeing the, the, I don't even know what it's called. What's it called? The next thing? The collar? The, the collar, the whatever. Collar. The, the, the priest's collar. I, I, mean, I, I question whether, you know, is it just that seeing the priest's collar, like, triggered some kind of memory but it's not clear or, like, or I, is it just the ignorance of the mother, like, which is something that I felt all the way through. The mother makes certain choices that I'm like, no, do better. You know what I mean? You've got to remember this. This was at a time. I know, I know, I know. It's, it's, yeah. Well, no, but I was going to say, no, not. I was going to say that just the way horror films were written, women were typically like hysterical or illogical. So it does kind of. I think that's one of the things, by the way. I just want to say that I love about our classic picks for this episode and tomorrow's one as well. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you see a a progression of of or you see those notes and a progression of them in regards to women in horror yes. horror cinema and it's so interesting and it you're is, completely yeah. right you're completely right it's just it's just um oh it's frustrating i mean it, it, well well I, and it wasn't it, it wasn't frustrating with this film but it's really hard like this is an amazing film that did things yeah. in an amazing way and mm. and to and this is why I really recommend watching it remastered. All those mm-hmm. little things that they did mm-hmm. extra to make it they pop mm. not in a bad way, not like in a you're watching Grey's Anatomy on 4K and you can <laughs> see all of the all of the work that they've had done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is just beautiful, and it really adds that coloring and tone. Really adds to the horror of it. But also, yeah. of course, she's going to remember. She wrote "Help Me, Please" on her stomach inside is, herself, you well, know, which yeah. I had to go back because I was like, holy shit. And I, that's the one bit I rewound mm. and watched again because I was like, that's mm. amazing. See, and I'm just thinking, just just talking about it, I, f- I already am feeling slightly creeped out just talking about things that are in this movie. And I'm like, that is a sign of a good film. Like, oh, just, definitely. Just talking about it afterwards. Like, so I, I, I think this is becoming a bit of a, a bit for me on this podcast. But I have a story about this film and about me being traumatised. So I did not watch this film all the way through until probably my late 20s. Um, So for the longest time I hadn't seen this film because I was terrified of just the idea of it. And that is such is the myth surrounding this film, right? It's still known as the scariest film of all time. When I was a teenager, I was about 15 or 16, my dickhead friend at the time was like, look, come over, we'll watch The Exorcist, we'll watch The Exorcist. It was myself and a couple of my friends and we put it on. I got as far as the scene where she's possessed on the bed and she starts just kind of moving in weird ways or kind of sitting mm-hmm. up and down on the bed and I, I was done. I was out <laughs> and I, I literally got into the fetal position, would not look at the screen. Oh, my God. And my my friend, yeah, I was easily scared. My, um, my friend, who was a guy, um, thought it would be really fun and cute to get his the other friend to go outside and turn all the power off at the at the main and pretend there'd just been a blackout. Oh my god! I shit myself. Like I not literally, but I figuratively. Was yeah. After Peewee, I love that you have to actually let people know it wasn't literally. Well, you know, <laughs> I was terrified, and I remember the the other guy that was still near me. I grabbed onto him like for dear life, and he was trying to be like, no, 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 don't worry, just I'm going to go check this because he was trying to orchestrate this right on my own and I was I was death gripping his arm. I was like, I'm not letting go. You're not going to the toilet on your own. This is, <laughs> you've done this. I know you've done this. So that was my first attempt to watch The Exorcist. So understandably I waited about 15 years mm-hmm. and then I, I watched like, it once in my young younger years with my brother and sister yeah. and then never touched it again. And it wasn't until, like, this has been my third viewing. And, yeah, yeah like, it's, it's and, and I remember when I was young, it did freak me out. Like, it absolutely did. And it's not that yeah. it didn't freak me out now. Let's be real. We've had, like, a, a horror marathon running in mm. our lives for the, for the past six months. Well, that's and, the thing. We're, we're a little bit desensitised. Well, it's yeah. not desensitising. I think we're going to find this through a quite a few of our classic films because mm. they they set the benchmark that yeah. everyone kept building on. There's you've got there's yeah. a different narrative and lens that we have to have yes, with them. Yes. No, and absolutely. it's also that annoying thing where there are so many, whether it's shots or scenes or dialogue, so many parodies of these that have been created yes. throughout the years yes. and there's, repurposed there's, and repopulated. There's it's, literally it's a Leslie Nielsen parody of this. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I was trying to avoid that one in my head, but I couldn't <laughs> get it out. But that's the thing about it, where you literally, when you strip back to it mm. and look at it in original form, it's really beautiful. Mm. And, I mean, unlike other films where I was literally sitting on the edge of my seat, this one I just couldn't look away. Yeah. The whole time. And yep. this is one I had to watch at night. Have, have well. either of you guys seen the, um, I, I don't know if you guys remember, this was when I was at high school. They, re- they re-released a version of this in the cinemas that was an uncut version that had mm-hmm. the crab walk yep. down the stairs. I have in seen it. that, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that version, um, but I remember when that came out because when I because the ads for it would only come on after about nine pm at night, right? Because it was it was really yeah, scary. It was an R-rated movie. And, and when when I was watching TV in bed, I'd be sitting there watching whatever. 
I, once it hit about 9 p.m., I would have to have the remote in my hand because I could not even see the ads for this film coming out of the cinemas <laughs> and I had to be ready to change the channel. Yes. So I love distinctly it. remember this, um, which I just love that this film, I love the, the mythos that surrounds this film. Um, mm-hmm. And I think even though when I watched it as an adult, I did not curl into the fetal position, I made it through and I was fine, it's still scary and it was still confronting. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I have to say, have we talked, like, not on the podcast, but the three of us, have we talked about the radiology scene in The Exorcist? Well, we talked about it for, for cruising. Oh, we did. Okay. Because this okay. is the, I couldn't remember the, whether yeah. we talked about this or not. Yeah, yeah, I think we brought it up for cruising, but this is it's yeah, yeah, the yeah. actual, the guy speaking to Reagan doing the procedure. The serial killer in cruising is based on something he, yeah, he was arrested for yeah. murder. And he said, well, something about, you know, bodies in black garbage bags washing up and you'll never find them all. Mm. And so cruising is based on him, effectively. Yeah. So, I remember which, this. so yeah. ironically, uh, this week is the week that I edited that and I've made a note and oh. irony of ironies that everyone listening in the past, we're recording this on the day that the cruising episode comes out. So I have a note to remind myself weird. to ask Shori to put this in the social media. So this is ironic. Mm. Break it down again for us. So, oh, sorry. So... The, the story was is that when Friedkin was making The Exorcist, they went in to do the, uh, the radiology scene and the guy who does it was an actual technician, an actual, he does all the, all the work on Reagan's arm and the, the voice you hear talking to her is this guy who's just working away. And anyway, later on down the track, he gets arrested for murder and there was a book that came out called Cruising and it was about the all act, these... The actual guy, like the actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah the actor. Well, he wasn't even an actor. He was just a technician that yeah. you want... Friedkin wanted it all to be realistic, so he went, mm. let's use you. They went in and Friedkin went in to see him and the story goes that he spoke to with police and he said, this isn't the first time I've done this. There are bodies that are going to wash up in black plastic or something along those lines... Um, which is how a lot of the bodies are found in cruising. And so someone wrote a book about the time of cruising and that was made into a movie by William Friedkin. And it is literally that Friedkin met the guy that the murders are all based on in cruising and worked with him. And so his voice, that that person is actually in The Exorcist, which just gives it a bit more of a it's crazy, a isn't realistic it? scare to it. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. watching it and it, I find that, yeah, like talk about adding creepiness to a film that is already like so shrouded creepy. in, in yeah, mm-hmm. like um, it's so creepy to watch it and, and think I, I'm looking at a serial killer. This mm-hmm. is an actual, this person, uh, like, fuck. That's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. We, now, the sequel to this, the second yes. one, is hot garbage. Do not okay. watch it. Okay. But Tristan Jones. I did have that in my me. list of things to ask you. So I love yep. that yeah, you yeah, just yeah. jumped in with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Tristan Jones would shoot me if I didn't mention that The Exorcist 3 is an absolutely amazing film. I have heard um, that. I've heard yeah, that yeah. the third is good. George C. Scott, it is brilliant and it has one of the best jump scares in film history. Okay. Okay, after watching, yeah. after jumping during one of the films, we're going to talk another one. Okay, of the I kind of want to yep. want to watch the third one now. Why? Oh, is one question. Can I just ask? Does it oh, follow through on. with Reagan more, or <laughs> no? Like, is there Reagan's any not in it. No. Or, okay. Okay, my there question is: is Do I need no to watch spoilers. the second? Yeah. No. Okay, cool. No, cool, cool, don't, cool. Don't watch the second. I mean, you can if you want to, if you've got oh, no. time to watch the second. No, no, no. no if no, it's no. not Shory certified, I don't I've got better no. things to do with my time. X no. is three years, though. Yes, definitely. All right. Okay. All right, shall we? Shall we? Yeah. Move on to our next yeah. film. Yeah. Let's next do one. It. So, Slumber Party Massacre 2. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> A um, classic for all musicals everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, do you want, does someone else want to intro this one? As I said, we don't all have different picks. It's just. Well, we don't have picks, but. You've got the list and I don't remember I've what I've got the list. So, no, 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 <laughs> M- fine. M- why don't you just say I'll, it and I'll then real IMDb. Let's Okay, roll. so uh, our second film is, uh, I keep going, I, I, I want to say, like, it's another classic. I'm like, yeah, who am I kidding? They're all fucking classics. Like, <laughs> yeah, they all we, are. We, I've just, just been patting myself on the back and us, all three of us virtually, <laughs> all week for how well we've done picking these films. Yeah. Anyway, the second film is Psycho which is obviously a classic. Oh, so um, good. This is so a top sure. five film of all time for me. Hit really? us with the IMDb. Yeah. Good call. So 
A Phoenix secretary embezzles $40,000 from her employer's client going on the run and checks into a remote hotel run by a young man under the domination of his mother. So this, one, <clears throat> this is a top five film of all time for me. This is, yeah. I think, we watched this, I think, last Halloween and it still holds up. It is still it scary. It? it is still Absolutely. spooky. It is the Anthony Perkins. Oh. I don't understand. Like there, are, I know that horror gets real short shrift at the Oscars. Mm. Perkins should have got an Oscar for this. Like, yeah. He is so yeah. damn good. Um, yeah. The the uh, what else, I mean, it's Psycho. What else can you yeah, say about Psycho? That it is so said. brilliant. It's just, for yeah. anyone who's never watched it before, yeah. how dare you? Don't watch the remake. <laughs> yes. Point number one: Do not watch the remake. No. Also, do not do, watch the remake. No one wants to watch the remastered version. Do watch the remastered version on the streaming services because it really, the cinematography in this film is absolutely amazing yep. and wonderful and it just gives it that cleaner lens. Normally yeah. I'm, I, it gives it that cleaner, it, it amps up the, those moments of the cinematography even mm. more and it's wonderful. This film is absolutely there's fantastic. So, there's so many beautiful, not just beautiful, the but score clever alone. shots. Oh, oh. This, I, I've got it in my head already, like different bits of the, the score and, as it, we're talking about it. Like What I love is everyone knows the shower scene in Psycho. Everyone yeah. knows the twist at the end. Well, actually, I take that back. Um, in watching it, my so just I've mentioned my housemate Chris, and I'm going to mention my housemate Chris during this all. Um, mm-hmm. Chris has had quite a week because yeah. Chris decided to <laughs> install Windows 11 mm-hmm. onto his computer and it didn't work for two and a half days. Mm-hmm. So Chris has not moved from the computer. The computer is Thanks, sitting on the kitchen table directly in front of the of the TV where I am watching all of the films. Right. Yep. So Chris okay. has been with me on this journey the entire yep. time and yep. he had not watched Psycho before. Oh. <gasps> He'd never seen it. And this was at the height of frustration with Windows 11 not loading up. Ironically, just to give I'll cut to the end, he uploaded it after two and a half days and this morning after we finished watching the films, he goes, you know what, um, I realised at 1.30 this morning and I just, I was going to wake you to tell you, I really don't like that operating system. <laughs> So all that work. But he hadn't watched it and he couldn't stop. Not just because the the score is amazing, but the shots, the way it's filmed. And it's just the storytelling is so. It's so good. But him not knowing the twist. Oh, how lucky for you that you got to watch someone view Psycho for the first time. And I think what you guys know about Psycho. Sorry, I'll sorry, I'll oh, let you go because I no, can I talk say, for days. You guys know that people were banned from when it was in the cinema. They were banned from going in once the movie had started. Yeah. So oh. this was one of those ones where Hitchcock said, "You can have my movie, but as soon as this movie starts and there were posters printed up and everything, yep, yep, you are not allowed in because oh, you think about it. About thirty to forty minutes in is the big, the big uh, event. Like it's sort yes. of it's something yes. that had never really happened in film yes. before." And so he didn't want people going in, you know, say, because at the time it was fashionable to go and watch a movie. You walk in halfway through, you pay your two bucks to go in halfway through, and then you might stay for the next feature after that, like if you had nothing else to do. That's what that's how right. it worked back then. So if you walked in this movie almost an hour in, yeah, you'd be like, yeah. oh, okay. It was like a, it's a short little, you know, it's a 40-minute yeah, slasher yeah, movie. Yeah. But you miss the, the all the start. And so Hitchcock yeah, okay. was the first person to be like, no, no, the session starts at 12. As soon as the movie starts at 12.10 after the previews, you're not allowed in. The door, and they had a cardboard away. cutout of him in cinemas. Yeah. They had a cardboard cutout yeah. of him in the cinemas to stress that. It's amazing. And and that's the thing as well where I, I just, we all grew up seeing the shower scene. And what yeah. and this is what I love. Chris actually watching it going, oh, my God, is this the movie where that scene is oh, from? Oh, wow. Like, yeah. No yeah. idea. And it was yeah, just, yeah, and, yeah. and it's just amazing. But I love every time you watch it, you forget the Janet Lee isn't even the star of the well, storyline. This is the thing and that was so amazing, clever about this it's film. It's so smart, yeah. Like, and yeah. this had never been done before, like setting up a film in this way where you think you have the protagonist and then not quite you're, halfway you're probably through. probably your final girl. Yeah, not, not quite halfway through the film. They're killed off. And yeah. you're like, hang on, what the hell am I watching? Like what is this film about? It is just, it's so, and it just... It holds up. Like I, I watched well. it a few nights ago and I was like, 
fuck, this movie is good. Oh, it's, like it's, it's amazing. I mean, and even it, just it her says, journey when she steals the cash oh, and you are right oh, there in with the car her. She, when she sees the boss and her yes. anxiety and paranoia, yes. the way the music, the, the cop watching her across yes. the street. So, the way yeah, when the cop's just amazing. standing there watching her, like buying a oh. car and she's trying to rush but, and I'm like, oh, oh my it's God. It's so good. When she crosses the when she has the bit at the lights and the boss is crossing the street in front of her, I'm not sure how well you guys are versed with Pulp Fiction, but there is an exact shot in that when yeah. Bruce Willis is sitting at the lights and Ving Rhames walks past. Ah. And I kept expecting her boss to go, as Ving Rhames says, motherfucker, and then bang, <laughs> gets the car. One of the things I love about it, where this is what I love about the way Hitchcock has done this with this film, where it's her anxiety, you're hearing the thoughts in her head. Yep. None of this may be true. This could be a yep. whole lot of different, like she's done something, but it's also... It's this interesting thing as well where what she she's not the villain. Mm, um, no. She, you know, yes, she's stolen money, but part of it is, I mean, and the scripting in this film, the way women are spoken about, it's just like I know it was the time and I know it sits within it, but uh, even, even when the other secretary goes, oh, the guy was flirting with you, he must have noticed. He must have seen my, my wedding, wedding ring. Wedding yeah, ring. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so, it's just like, and the look on Janet Lee's amazing. It's yeah. just brilliant, but yep. still that you can feel sympathy for her and aligned with her. It's it's so smart and so good and keeps you there the whole way. I just, I truly no, I agree. love it. It's a movie that you don't, you can't look away. It's once you put it on and you get engrossed in the story, even if you've yeah. seen it a million times before, mm-hmm. it's you can't just look like. Away. I'm here. I'm here for this. Yep. And and it's interesting, you know, when you're a big fan of this film, as we all are, you realise that the shower scene isn't isn't even the, the best or most yeah. impactful oh. piece of cinematography oh. in this film. Like yeah. for me, and I, I tweeted about this, for me my my favourite bit is the, the that transition between right Falling after the shower the scene. Oh no. No, the blood the blood is circling yep. the drain of the bath yeah. right after she's been killed and we get a close up shot of the drain and then that segues and transitions out from her eyeball her and her eye. head yeah. slumped on the on the bathroom floor and it just mm-hmm. pulls back and it's so effective and she looks so dead, dead. like it is just so that uh and it, this uh, is also the first film to ever have a toilet in it. Yeah. Yes. The show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was the. Is it the Hayes Code or the Hayes yeah. Code? Yeah. They. They. Isn't yeah, Hayes they... a chocolate? No, Hayes I didn't say Hayes. I said Hayes. <laughs> is Hayes. it ha- is it Hayes, Hayes or Hayes? Yeah, it's the Hayes Code. Hayes. Yeah, yeah, the Hayes Code. Um, yeah, because it was considered vulgar and crude to to show a toilet. Um, <laughs> on um. On, on yeah. the screen and Hitchcock demanded that they allow him to do it because he needed it for that scene where she gets rid of evidence. So it's, you know, it's breaking so new ground. Well, and it's technically the first slasher film. Um, like a, a lot of my, people have. Shory, Shory's like, well, oh. hang on. Well, I mean, this is, I've, I've seen it cited as the first slasher film many Ipping times. Tom came out the same year, which is looked as one of the first slashes as well. So I'm not okay. sure. It might be. Depending which one came out. Um, yeah. But you guys know the story behind. So Hitchcock sent this off to the censors to have a look at, and mm-hmm. they got to the shower scene. Yeah. And there were, say there's 12 censors on the board, right? And it came back that nine of them said, we can see her nipple. So you cannot, you have to edit this whole thing out. And so what happened was it came back, the secretary brought it into Hitchcock and said, this is what they've said. He opened the case, went and shook it around, shut it again, send that back to him. And they came back and they said, only three of us said we could see it, so it passes now. He did not cut a, se- a second of film. All he did was make it look like he took the film out of the case and put it back. Oh. And he goes, there, there is no nipple in it. You can't see any nipple. But because of mm. this is like one of the first sort of real close-ups of a woman in the he shower, was they an just edge, yeah. mm. And so, yeah. But um, one of the things I love um, going through some of the IMDb trivia is that Hitchcock got a letter from a father who said his daughter um, wouldn't shower anymore because of this film. Wow. And because of another film where someone gets murdered in a bath, she wouldn't bathe anymore. And he said, well, what do you want me to do? My daughter won't clean. And he said, he sent him back a letter. All it said was, send her to the dry cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's truly, it's just brilliant. And, yeah, I mean, it's- it, I'm not going to lie. Like, when I've been in, in showers like that, I do have things, thoughts like that. Like when, <laughs> oh, you know, really? You just, oh, you just can't help it. Like mm. I'm not a person. I would write, I'm shower curtain open. Thank you. I need to be able to see oh. if someone's coming at me through the door. Um, I just, 
it's it's too iconic and too wonderful. But the cinematography mm-hmm. in this film is amazing. The characterization is yep. fantastic. The sister is brilliant. Like yeah. every character mm-hmm. is so strong. The only bit that really kills me is the monologue by the psychologist or doctor at the end. Oh, oh the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Position at because the end. it's it's more than a little bit of exposition. It's mm. literally exposition, well, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, bitch, get to the shot of yeah. him in the cell. Get <laughs> yeah. to the shot of him in the cell because it's so strong. And because I know those moments, like what's beautiful about the use of tension in this film as it's mm. building from being in the office to her in the car to her running away to seeing it happen and then mm. flipping it again with to the sister and tension grows so much that when it comes, it comes in such a strong and satisfying way that that monologue I just think that's gets me a little bit too much. <laughs> Yes. My cupboard is going to be famous. Thanks for the review. Yeah. But literally um, it, just, it comes no, in absolutely. such a strong way. And and I mean, I know I, I'm laughing because I'm thinking now the way we were talking about The Exorcist and we are talking about Psycho, we're literally just constantly fangirling, but that's part of the, yeah, but of that's, the classics. But these, it's, I mean, they're classics It makes for a me long for black and white film. It makes yeah. me long for black and white cinema. The artistry that Hitchcock did, even though he treated generally mm. awfully. He treated most of his women like I was about yeah, to say, awfully, it's a shame like, that Hitchcock was a complete asshole, yeah. but made good but films. But the work he did with the lens is so great mm. and, and mm-hmm. every actor is just brilliant at what they do and yeah. it's so it's just a joy to watch well norman bates has become such an iconic um well, that's character it. in, in yeah. horror yeah lore. and you know that you've become iconic when you've been parodied to death like you know you watch the first three four seasons of the simpsons and mm. skinner is norman bates Mm, yeah. You even have the shots where he looks at his window and the house is on the hill and what's yep. that, mother? No, that sailor suit doesn't fit anymore and stuff like that. Like it's yep. it's parodied and the shower scene's been parodied and everything about it has oh, been so parodied. Much. And that's when yeah. you know that you've made an iconic film in that you've hit so the too. perfect moment and, where everyone's going, it, wow. It can be parodied to death, but it's mm. still never boring. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, it that was the other thing I was going to say about Psycho. Unlike some uh, classics where you revisit and they're not – they don't hit as hard anymore. Like you still love them and absolutely classics, but because you're viewing them in a different time, they don't quite hit the same. Psycho hits the same. Mm. It still hits the same. Yeah. Like, yes, maybe we're not throwing. Maybe, maybe, oh, no, I'm thinking about this. Fuck me. Um, I was about to say maybe we're not throwing up anymore, but no, that was the last one. <laughs> um, maybe we're not terrified and, and so confronted by the shower scene anymore. But it's. But as we've all said, Yes, that is the scene that became iconic, but that is not the true horror of this film. Mm-hmm. The true exactly. horror is something else. Yep. And that is still, and I was going to say, look, with the exposition at the end, I completely get you and it's, it is frustrating, but that's another bit where I have to remind myself watching it, this had never been done before. So the yeah. exposition is there because people, even literally like men, that kind of mental health disorder, People were not mm-hmm. so familiar with it. People didn't have the kind of understanding. Yeah, like, so you know, you think about movies like you think about movies like Split, mm-hmm. um, where we're so familiar now with the, um, I guess, mental uh, disorder. Yeah, the narrative. Uh, yeah, that, that are used in horror. We're so familiar with them now. But back then, it, that had to be explained to people yeah. so that they yeah, were yeah, like, yeah. "Oh right. my god, he thinks he's mm-hmm. two people." Like it's. Yeah. But also, of- it makes. I mean, that monologue at the end, where he's the. Is it the mother? Is it him? Is he yeah. the mother? It's such a brilliant and he the way I love. Like I was literally by the end, I was standing looking directly at the TV, like standing up as Norman <laughs> was looking down at me. I was just like waiting for that shot just, where he's looking down and just kind of. I literally and up. because Chris was doing the same by then. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. Chris was doing the same by then. Where the minute he was like the sister was when it was going through the house, he was like, "What oh is she doing? God. What is she doing?" And yeah. he's standing at his table, and he's like, "There, what is she doing? Oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, so she's going to be the mother. Of it. Norman's going to catch them. Norman's going to catch them." Watching it with someone who had never How seen amazing. it ever before, and yeah. then when he she turns around the chair and he sees the mother, and I could didn't I couldn't look because I love that scene, the scream yes. she does the moving of the light bulb, she does it so perfectly. And yes. he was like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> and he was Brilliant. like, and, and, and it was just like, he was so going, what the fuck is going on with the mum? Because we saw her carried out. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, we saw him carried, and it just, it was amazing to watch it through his eyes and yep. and it's because the cinematography is so brilliant and so wonderful. But you're right, it is that thing where they, you know, it's, oh, it, 
he's a transvestite. Well, actually, no. But mm. then even in that monologue at the end, it's not actually what the psychiatrist thinks. Or mm. is it? It's brilliant. Mm. It's wonderful. Mm. Yeah. So, so there's a sequel to this, isn't there? There's a few. There's. Um, I was so going to ask they... first, before, before Sherry does the sequels, because I know I just asked the question, have any of us watched the remake? Uh, yeah. yeah, unfortunately. It's, the only reason I could think that uh, Gus Van Sant made it was that I reckon it was one of those things where that was floating around a production company and they were saying, we're going to make remake Psycho. And he went, I'll do it and I'll make it shot for shot so no one else would do it. Okay. It feels like to say, like, I'm going to make a movie that's shot for shot so it, it comes across kind of bad. That way they go, oh, maybe we shouldn't do that. Mm. And then no one else did, did it. That's, yeah. the only way, that's the only reason I can think. But so <laughs> there was Psycho 2 in 1983. Okay. Um, which is made by Richard Franklin. Um, Psycho 3, so what's which is Psycho directed by Anthony Perkins. Um, Psycho 2, after 22 years of psychiatric care, Norman Bates attempts to return to the life of solitude, but the spectres of his crimes and his mother continue to haunt him. So have you seen this? I haven't seen any of them. It feels like it just there's just no need for sequels for this. I, I don't know. Well, I think there was part of it. I mean, didn't didn't Norman Bates, uh, sorry, Anthony Perkins hit a point, look at me, Norman Bates, um, where he then got really typecast. Yeah. Because of it? Yep. Yeah. He's in a lot of really schlocky horror as well. Yeah, yeah. okay. I did watch a little bit of um, Bates Motel, the TV series. Did you um, like which it? You, um, I didn't watch enough to, look, look, the, the fact that I only got through a few episodes and was like, eh, isn't, yeah. is telling in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, um, well, this isn't, cancelled. Well, and this isn't, Bates Motel isn't meant to be a continuation yeah. in, in the traditional sense. It's kind of or a, a re, sort it's of a, a reimagining. Isn't it? Um, yeah. No, 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 it's not. Because oh, I thought it was. Set, it's set in recent times. Like everyone's oh, okay. using iPhones and it's, and yeah, it it's hard to explain. Like a, it's, a, re, a requel. It's sort of a reimagining, is how I yeah. would, would okay. put it. Um, but it's, eh, yeah, eh. didn't hear just, it. Just watch Psycho, people. Just watch. So Psycho. hang on, what was Psycho three? Uh, let me bring it up again. It is Norman Bates falls in love with a fallen nun who stays at the Bates Motel alongside a drifter and a curious reporter. Meanwhile, Mother is still watching. Oh, and Anthony Perkins played the role and directed. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I have heard they're not awful. Like, I've heard they're actually mm. kind of, but they become a bit more, they're slashers more than anything. Like, they yeah. they go more mm. towards the slasher than they did with the, the more psychological psycho yeah. horror. I wonder. I wonder I, how Hitchcock would have felt about them. Yeah. It's funny. I'm not usually like this, but this is one of those rare films where, because I, I find just the, that film on its own, so, so good and iconic, <clears throat> I won't even watch the sequels because I'm just like, <laughs> I don't want to, do you know what I mean? And normally I'm one of those people I'm like, oh, who cares? Like it's not just a sequel doesn't change the original. It still exists. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of just need to preserve it in my mind. I, I just, because it's so good. Um Oh, my God, look at this. Most frequently asked questions. This is a sign of the times when even the Google algorithm for the most frequently asked question is grammatically incorrect. What did Anthony Perkins died of? <laughs> People, come on. Hey, I blame predictive text on my phone. Don't blame me. Even though some of the tweets oh. that I have been putting out, like I meant to spell porn, but it said prom. I hate yeah. predictive text so much. I hate it. And so I replied, much. I didn't well, want to go to prom with you. You said something today about like bound, like, but you said blue Blood. or something. You, what did I do today? Did I have I got one wrong? No, today? you corrected it. You corrected yourself in a, okay. in a it comments. was the one that. You meant to say something and you spelled it B-L-U-D or something. But it's it was... my phone. It's not me. No, no, I'm I... absolutely not spelling that way. I get you. The amount of time I've sent people texts that say ducking and I'm like, yeah. when are I you going to learn, phone? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Time are we ready for, for the final number film? three? Yeah, we are. Mm -hmm. Okay. So another classic. Uh, number three is none other than the namesake of this Fabulous month, Halloween. Woo! Yeah, woohoo! I can Classic. hear the music already. Classic. Okay. Yeah. Wait, no, no. I am. I'm less excited by both in. of you. You both wooing, so <gasps> go, sorry. No, I've never seen it before. By the way, this is my oh. first ah. one. Oh, oh, sorry. I was about to say, did you not watch it? <laughs> yeah, no, I watched it. <laughs> but you watched sorry, it. Okay. you go. So, 15 years after murdering his sister on Halloween night, 1963. 
Michael Myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to the small town of Haddonfield, Illinois to kill again. Now, let me tell you about something funny that is Uh-oh. stupid. Um, my mind did. Because is this going to be the end of the podcast? No, no, no. But we were watching Scream and I got my um, Jason and Michael confused. Remember in the beginning of Scream how it's no, like. No, I, I know. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Okay. Remember in the beginning of Scream. And I was watching this with Chris as well. And Chris and I were both. It was just. I'll get I'll get to it. But uh, you remember how he's asking a question and go, and the answer was the mother? It's the yep. mother, yeah. So I was confused and wasn't thinking Michael. Or, I was thinking Michael and not Jason. You thought that and was I Halloween. Kept, I was looking right. for the mother in this film and going, oh, why would gosh. the mother have the same physical type? I was so confused That's during funny. it. But also, I mean, this film is I'm, great. I'm, this film plays with 20, really 29 well. episodes in and I think I'm done. That's just shattered me. <laughs> that but is also, so funny. Just for me, I'm going to let you guys write a little bit more. This, this, I, once we get to the point where it, it, it takes so long to build and it builds so well at the start that by the time we get to nighttime, it's the middle section for me that kills me the most. Like, I do, yeah, I do see what you're the saying. The daytime, I was, I'm on, on the edge of my seat with daytime and I didn't realise how many scenes in this film are parody. Oh, my God. Oh, God, so yeah. Many yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. But it was so much scarier when Michael was out during the day. No, I would agree with that. Like it, it is, I love the way they, I love the way this film opens, not not literally the way it opens, but, you know, in, in the beginning the first of the film. 20 minutes for me are amazing. The beginning of the film, yeah, you've got Laurie seeing this, this figure just appearing, like especially when she's in her bedroom and she looks out the window and he's standing there where standing the, there. The, yeah. the sheets are on the, the clothesline and mm-hmm. then she looks away and looks back and he's just fucking gone. Like how he, how he, it's, it's impossible. But that's, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic and it really builds that tension. And, and I'll be honest, once it becomes, once it becomes about, him trying to kill Laurie, I was right there with it. The friends, mm-hmm. and especially, I'm sorry, the first one killed, she needs to, the way, what kind of a friend are you? The way you speak to Laurie. Oh, I who agree. His chemistry? I'm like, I wanted you dead earlier. Like, yeah. hello. We, we mentioned this in the slasher thing that you need to have the the cannon fodder. You need to have the, this. is true. Because otherwise but it's just going to be him chasing Laurie for 90 minutes. Hard. She literally <laughs> like. She her first bit of dialogue is it, it could have just been stab me now like she was such a bitch. <laughs> no, that's true. She was, and I, and I think look, I do see what you're saying that that was a little overdone. I, I think perhaps also one of the reasons she she was overplayed in that way is to really highlight how much Laurie is the final girl. So it's yeah. in comparison to her, Laurie yeah. is clearly bookish. She's the good girl. She's, you know, she's all of those things. So it really yeah. highlights to you who Laurie is. Even the fact that she keeps she keeps ribbing her about guys just to make it really yeah. clear to the audience that Laurie is not promiscuous, that Laurie yeah. has has not slept with a bunch of guys. So we're like, okay, okay, we get it, we get it, we get it. And that's like, the thing, and I wasn't, therefore, I didn't care. There was no But you know what, again, you've got to remember when this came out. True. You, okay. you 1978. Yeah. This and also the fair. year of my birth, in fact, but the one thing I love and was blown away, but I mean, I know it's called Halloween, oh, but at the beginning title and then you've got the pumpkin and I'm like, that's oh, a bit on the nose, isn't it? Even though the title's I mean, Halloween and there are pumpkins all throughout the place. And I'm like, what is wrong with me that I've never put that together? I, I do know, <laughs> I do see what you mean. Because Halloween 3, which we watched, um, also has the pumpkin in the opening. Yes. I, I do see, I do know what you mean, but there's something, again, for when it was made, like oh, when brilliant. I watch it, I'm like, oh, the iconic pumpkin that we see at the opening of a Halloween yeah. film and this was the first one and it really just situates situates it there. Sit, blah, so well, start so that well. again. Situates it <laughs> within that that season. I'm um, going to back can, off now, though, because I want you both well, to I wanted to. It. I wanted to comment on something you said. Before we move off screen, I just wanted to share with you guys because I thought this was interesting re-watching this film. So I've seen Scream countless times because yeah. that is, for me, that's like my nostalgic horror movie. Halloween... This is probably the third time I've watched this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realised watching it again this time because I love it, so I was happy to rewatch it. Um, when I hear that music, that little bit of the score, I think of Scream because the scene in Scream where they're at the party, they're watching Halloween yeah. and yeah. that music is on. And that was, I saw that scene in Scream 
probably fucking God knows how many times before I ever even watched Halloween. So for me, like the association of that music is Scream and I'm like, oh, God, how weird. Like, and it also <laughs> just speaks to how meta Scream was. Like it was yeah. referencing this, this classic mm-hmm. horror film. But, yes, anyway. I, know, I will say, though, one of the yeah. things I love about the murders in this that uh, Michael is doing is there's a realism to it. Mm. Like it's not just quick and there and you go. Like you're seeing him choke people. You're seeing him strangle yes. people. Also, um, the nurse at the start. <laughs> what about her? Oh, I was just like, make better choices. Don't wind down the window. Like yes. winding down the window, why would you be doing that? That was yes. <laughs> Yeah, good point. I mean, look, you can say that for a lot of people in this film, make better choices. Oh, um, it's but, um, in general. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. But, no, I, I love this film. I mean, look, maybe part of it is also just fucking Jamie Lee Curtis. I, I'll just. She's she is just, fantastic. She's divine. She's, you know, one of the original screen queens. Um, uh, I do, yeah, I, I and, and I think she's fantastic in this role. Um, although it's funny, like, watching it, I find myself yelling at her, like, don't relax. Don't relax. You don't yeah. know that he's dead yet. Stop <laughs> relaxing. Anytime she, like, just hit him or something happened, she'd be like, Oh, and then just like lean against the wall, and I'm like, no. And like that scene where you see him just suddenly sit up behind her is is such a great scene, and it's just like, fuck, he's coming back. Um, and the and the wardrobe scene, which is so mm-hmm. iconic, so so iconic. Yeah. Um, him, her hiding in the cupboard. Um, no, no porn I, in the cupboard though, which was surprising. No porn in the cupboard, no. <laughs> Well, um, I can't hide in that cupboard. It's so no, cool. no. Um, <laughs> you haven't hidden in a cupboard in years. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you guys. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed in Freddy Two. There's a there's a game in the cupboard called Prod. I'm like, oh, for the love of God! So there's there was no Prod in the cupboard either. <laughs> um, but I, I I was texting you guys saying that I have thought about cosplaying as Laurie several times because I have the the blue fitted shirt and the flared jeans and boots, I have the, that exact outfit. And I thought of getting that and cosplaying as her, just holding a coat hanger because oh, I, I feel like it. that's an iconic yeah, scene it. where she's in, yep. in the cupboard. And as Shory recommended, get Elroy to uh, to go as funny, funny thing is my brain never never went further than just me, me, <laughs> me as Laurie. That's it. And Shory's like, oh, I get Elroy to go as Michael. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. That's right. That's right. He can dress up too. Right. There's a there's another character in this film, and that kind of makes the (laughs) makes Laurie make sense. You know, Um, you know the the killer. Yeah. The the the, yeah. For me, like the I'm I'm a Friday the Thirteenth fan, as we we've talked Mm. about. So Halloween, especially with the sequels, is one of the most confusing timelines of any movie series ever. Because it goes all over the frigging place. But what I love about the first one is that, and as Dean sort of mentioned as well, the kills are a lot more realistic and yeah. brutal. Like that one where he jams the knife into the guy up against the wall and then just sort of twists his head like mm. as the guy dies. It's like it just it's so much creepier. He's yeah. Like he's watching this guy die. He's just, you know, and he's fascinated by it. And you know, the I think John Carpenter possibly one of the greatest genre directors of all time, mm, if not yeah. the greatest genre director. Yeah. Um, and so, like, he's, you know, we've got Psycho and we've got some slashes, but he was the one who who pretty much brought in the final girl and the, you know, all, and the setting up for sequels and having the, you know, Donald Pleasance is brilliant in this movie as Dr. Mm. Loomis. Yeah. And, mm, yeah, you know, he's fantastic. For, for our Scream fans as well, Billy Loomis, Dr. Loomis in this. It's all, yep, you yep. know, it's all there. Um, but uh, I think... I've never, I've never been one to gravitate towards the Halloween franchise. I love mm. this movie. Don't get me wrong. Three is my favorite of them. Mm. As much as wow. I like wait, the one that like, we watched. Hang on. Wait, yeah. wait, 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 yeah. wait. You, what? You, you like that more than the original? I love this one. I think this is great. But as the movies what? go, the movies get so much worse. I would, I would rather watch three over all of them. What? Yeah. What? I love three. I think three is great. I, I mean, I love, I love three as well. Don't get I mean, I, mean, I picked, I picked three. I, I love three. But <laughs> over, over the original? Yeah, I think I have. I, my, I like, I love, like I said, I love this one. I love yeah. the first. I think it's brilliant. I think it's one of the best slashes of all time. There's just something so much more fun about three that like three I could put on as a, as a comfort horror film. Whereas yeah. I'm not, I don't always necessarily go back to this one. 
If I'm oh. going to watch a slasher, I'll watch a wow. Friday the Thirteenth. See, uh, see this. I I'm a Halloween girl over yeah. over Friday the Thirteenth, and I can definitely put this on as a comfort film, like yeah, as a, as a comfort horror film. Um, I think it's kind of cool that these two really iconic slasher franchises were both like big fan oh, nerds over the over the opposites, even though they're very similar in in certain ways like they're, well, see they're, why i got confused can yeah, you see oh, that absolutely. Why I yeah, yeah yeah if you're not intimately but, familiar with both franchises no, i not. think it's very understandable to get confused but yeah. the the so the halloween franchise in a whole and when we get in you know you're dealing with the sequels like number two has michael in it number three is season of the winter yeah. michael comes back for four and then <laughs> they just get increasingly <laughs> no. confusing and Shit. you know like there's the curse of michael myers and it has Paul Rudd in it, and there's there's all these weird sort of they try and go with this cult, but then it's different, and it's it's just, and then you get the Rob Zombie remakes, and then you get the the latest one. Yeah, let's Halloween not talk about out. any Rob Zombie movies. And then you get Halloween Kills, which is coming out at the end of this month, and it's just oh, I'm so as a franchise, it's all over the place, and it's very confusing when you get deeper into it. Yeah. So I find I I think that can frustrate fans as well. Is that there's just so much crap I mean, involved i think for me with with slashes i don't expect a lot of coherence when it comes oh, of to the, the the major sort of franchise i kind of look more for thematic consistency but uh, but absolutely valid what you're saying to- totally get it can i um, ask can i ask something then i'm just mm-hmm. gonna sorry before m you continue no shory or and or m can you then give me a guide frame of what films to watch if you only ca- in this franchise if you want to know about the story between Michael and Laurie, well, which is where go, my brain goes. I can't because so, I've only seen I haven't seen enough. To okay, yeah. yeah. So you have one and two, which have Jamie Lee Curtis in it as Laurie. Yep. Four and five uh, bring in uh, Danielle Harris as where is she? I can't remember what her name is, but she her name is I think it's Jamie, and then she goes on to there's parts of the movies with her in them. And then you get to The Curse of Michael Myers, which has none of them in it, but also has Paul Rudd in it. But should, really... should we skip that? Oh, this is what I'm saying. If we only... Yeah, skip that. If we're only hate... thinking about Laurie, because really the movie that's coming out at the end of this month in a couple yeah. of days. So <laughs> well, Halloween, so excited. Yeah. H2O is 20 years later, and that has Laurie as the principal of a school. It also has, and... um, um, what's her Josh name? The, the daughter, the actual young girl who she's babysitting, is um, Kyle from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And oh. she acts ah. in the film as the character. So they did oh. this whole thing where Jamie Lee was like, and, and on set I would be carrying you around constantly. And because she did acting, a lot of acting as a child, and now she's literally, the franchise was started with her. For Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Janet Janet Lee's Lee's in H2O. Yeah. Yeah. It's, wow. It's, it's yeah. Also, I just think H two O because I know a little bit about. Surprisingly, I know a little bit about your taste in horror. For late nineties goodness, yeah, definitely yeah. watch H two O. Yeah. Yeah. LL and, Cool J's in it. Like, come on. And then you have Resurrection, which has Laurie in it as well, and it has Buster Rhymes in it. Who, oh yeah. Yeah, not so cool because he's an anti vaxxer oh, okay. um, um, And then you get to the new Halloween one. So she's in a fair few of them. Um, she's not in any of the Rob Zombie ones and they're sort of their own thing. They're a remake with other stories and they add We can can avoid them is the point that I want to, we can avoid them and just concentrate on Laurie. Unless you're a completist, yeah. I'm not, not with this. (laughs) I barely, honestly, we, Chris and I struggled watching it. Like, we'll just like, get to the point, get to the point in the middle. When we finally got there, it was great, but it's the friends and everything. Like, we don't care about the friends. They can die. Sorry, can I tell you all about a moment that I just had while I was I was looking at stuff about ha- Halloween H two O? So I, d- I didn't realize that Janet Lee is actually Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. Yeah, did you not realize Jamie this? Lee. Oh my god! <laughs> I thought when I thought I'll be honest, I thought when you were actually putting together the list for the episodes in the order we were going to watch, that was intentional by you to have a psycho and help. Oh my god! No. Yeah. Because I was just looking and I'm like, oh, that's why when I said, oh, Janet Lee's in it, you were like, yeah, she plays her mum. Yeah. And I was just like, cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> Crazy. There I you can't go. believe you didn't know that. All, oh, baby, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. You're welcome. I've just got a coffee. <laughs> I just got a coffee. Oh, this is why I married him. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Alroy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, look, 
Back to Halloween. Um, I look. I adore this film. I think God, the score alone, the use of music, it's brilliant. The score. I will say, if you're um, at all interested in uh, an, an academic lens on this film, um, there's a really great text, which was one that our friend Tristan Jones recommended for me and actually bought it for me, um, called Men, Women and Chainsaws. Um, And it is a book about uh, basically the representation of gender in horror films and particularly slasher films and just deconstructing the idea of um, gender and gendered bodies and, um, you know, like penetration even i'm thinking yeah. like in terms of like stabbing and killing and and all of these different the fluidity of of the feminine and masculine um and there is a massive section in this book all about the movie halloween um and it's really fascinating really really fascinating. i'm just remembering when the female friend was choked and you just see one breast and the she's being choked on the phone cord Oh yeah, and Laurie's like, stop playing around. Do you know what I mean? Like that's when mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll just move move to Laurie. Like we only care about Laurie. The rest yeah, yeah, of it yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, can I highly recommend this book if that's your mm-hmm. bad. Big yeah. time. Well, I think well, we have hit a very massive and great end to our first classics podcast. Three oh, amazing films, absolutely uh-huh. brilliant. So good, and there's just more where that came from. That's right. We've only got yep. two more episodes to go before our 31 Days of Horror are finally done. You know what? We are loving it, though, and can't wait to bring you more horror classics tomorrow. Absolutely. Until then. Bye. bye.